you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. God bless you. Proverbs 31. Beginning in verse 10. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of a merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and she delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and teaches of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charms deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her. In the gates. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, it's interesting, no matter what part of the country you grew up in, I, I've lived in, in Arizona, I've lived in Colorado, grew up here in Kentucky. And it's interesting that, that there are some sayings that moms have all over the globe, probably. All right? That, that I, I guarantee you, every mom in here has used a few of these, or you've heard your mama. Use those, so the, the, these sayings. So here, we call these momisms, all right? How many have some momisms? How about this one? Money doesn't grow on trees. There you go. Don't make that face or it'll freeze in that position. How many heard that? If I talk to my mother like you talk to me, ever heard that? What if everyone jumped off a cliff? Would you do it too? Were you born in a barn? If you can't say something nice, don't eat those. They'll stunt your growth. If you don't eat those, it'll stunt your growth. It doesn't matter what you accomplish. I'll always be proud of you. That's why I, I said, Mama, then I'll just sit on the couch and eat Cheetos all the time. You'll be proud of me still, won't you? I don't need to work. I hope that when you grow up, you have kids just like you. That's called the mother's curse. I'm living that out right now. <laughs> I'm just serious. 
Because I'm your mother. That's why. How many heard that? This is why we can't have nice things. That's my favorite one. If I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. Eat your vegetables. Those children in Africa would be happy to have some broccoli to eat. Yes, I am the boss of you. Come on, somebody. My mom was five foot. When she said that, she had crazy eyes when she said that. I was scared to death of her. I was, you know, a lot taller than her, bigger than her, but she, she still scares me a bit. Just wait till your father gets home. Wow. I brought you into this world. Come on. I've got eyes in the back of my head. That's how. When I was your age, I had to walk 10 miles to get to school. How many had mamas that had to walk 10 miles in the snow, right, to get to school? Momisms. We love our mamas. Uh, so glad each and every one of you are here today, and happy Mother's Day again to you. Well, Proverbs 31 is a, is a great description of what it means to be an excellent woman. And before I break down this wonderful passage of Scripture, I want to give two preliminary Remarks. Number one, within these verses, we find references being made to being a wife and a mother. However, the scripture applies to all women, not just married women or, or those with children. And here's why I say that. The apex quality of an excellent woman is not motherhood. It's not even being a wife. The apex quality of a woman is godliness. That's what the entire Bible teaches. And this is found in verse 30 in, in the passage that we're teaching today and throughout the entirety of Scripture. And, and I know at Mother's Day, if, if, if maybe you were unable to have kids or maybe you're single, maybe you feel like, man, man I just I don't quite match. I, I don't quite meet the standard of what a successful woman could be. I, I could never be a, a complete woman because first I need to be a wife and a mother. That's not true at all. Godliness is the apex quality of womanhood. Okay? And of manhood, by the way. So this message is relevant to every single woman here today or listening online. And then I don't want I want to make a second preliminary remark here. I don't want the men to tune out and go, well, this is just about the ladies, because verse 30 says that a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so, men, we need to honor godly women. You know, the, the world honors so many other traits in women outside of godliness, doesn't it? But we need to, when we have a godly woman in our lives and the godly women of our church, certainly they need to be honored. And so men, I, I pray that, that, that you would really tune in today and, and make sure you let the, the women of this church know how much you appreciate them. So that being said, let's dive into the text. When it comes to, to writing and to speaking I'm a huge fan of anything that can kind of help someone better process what's being said or, or remember the points, especially when I preach. And, and in preaching, my favorite literary device that, that helps us accomplish this is called alliteration. And I use it almost every week where the first uh, word of my point starts with the same letter. I, I love that. It's kind of a sickness now. I'm kind of OCD. I sit for hours in my office trying to figure out how to make all my points start with the same letter letter. But then there's another helpful literary device, and that is used, that's used in poetry especially, and it's called an acrostic. And that is a poem or other composition 
in which the certain letters in each line form a word or words. And in Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, actually make an acrostic. Each verse begins with a successive letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So, I thought it would be appropriate to arrange my own points around my own acrostic using the word woman. Now, I don't claim to be a a poet, but here's the best I can do. If you have your message notes on the back, you'll see a printed poem. And this is a poem about what it means out of the scripture to be an excellent woman. You got it? Here it is. Wisdom is a part of the godly woman's cares. Opulence comes from within, not from what she wears. Mindfulness is a trait that she continually displays. Altruistic is she by nature. Notable are her days. So I thought you'd be more excited about that. Come on, I wrote a poem, folks. All right. I'm just joking. But uh, five qualities. Let me give you these five qualities of a woman who feared the Lord. Who fears the Lord. Five qualities you could say of an excellent woman. And these are much different than what the world would say is an excellent woman. But God created us. And I think if you want to be an excellent woman or an excellent man, you've got to go to God and say, well, what does it take to be excellent in this world? Well, it begins with wisdom. Throughout these verses, we see the continual theme of wisdom. And actually through the whole book of Proverbs, it's a book of wisdom. And godly women are no different than godly men in that... The the sense that they are admonished to exercise wisdom. Now, women who fear the Lord use wisdom in the way they think and the way in which they process life. And then they behave in a way that is consistent with wisdom. So one of the ways in which this wisdom is evident in the life of a godly woman is very practical. And it's very contrary to a worldly woman, and here it is, it's through the way in which she speaks. You can tell a wise woman by the way that she speaks. Look at Proverbs 31, 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. How can you exemplify biblical wisdom through your words, ladies? Here's how. By speaking the right words at the right time in the right tone. Number one, you've got to choose the right words. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for the building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So a, a godly woman, just like a godly man, does not use words carelessly. She thinks before she speaks. How many wish you would think before you speak more often? A godly woman doesn't gossip. Or manipulate with her words. You know, a lot of worldly women will use her words to manipulate, to get what she wants. That's not the way that a godly woman behaves. A godly woman chooses words that build up and encourage other people. A godly woman speaks words that are truthful and helpful. So wisdom involves choosing the right words. And then secondly, it's using those words at the right time. You know, there's some things that you can say, but, but timing is everything. You can say, how many know the right thing at the wrong time? Ephesians 4.29 again says that, that we're to speak the right words as fits the occasion. And there's just times that we'd be best not to speak. Amen? 
And by the way, it goes for men and women both. James 1.19, I love what he says. Let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak. Slow to anger. So a godly woman will guard against inserting herself into situations that are none of her business. She knows when not to speak. That's as powerful as knowing when to speak and what to say is when not to speak. Wisdom involves speaking the right words at the right time. And thirdly, it involves speaking those words in the right tone. Have you ever heard somebody giving you a compliment and it sounds like they're putting you down because of the way they're speaking? I mean, you can say the right thing in the wrong tone and it totally changes the sentence, the meaning. Ephesians 4.15 teaches that we are to speak the truth in love. Okay, Don't stop and just speak the truth, but always speak the truth in love. So godly women, they, they guard from being abrasive with their tone. You know, I've often heard men and women alike uh, over the years of ministry talk about their, their gossip or the way they speak and say, well, that's just always how I've been. Well, that's not an excuse. You, you and I have got to watch our words and we've got to ask the Lord to sanctify our tongues, if you will. We, we've got to use words that are encouraging and building up for people. Amen? Uh, words that encourage and build up other people. It's important. So women who fear the Lord are wise and they exemplify that wisdom very practically through their words and the way in which they live. And then there's a second quality of a woman who fears the Lord and that is opulence. To be opulent is to be wealthy or, or luxurious or affluent. And you say, what? You mean you can't be an excellent woman if you're not these things? Well, listen to me. A godly woman's wealth or her beauty does not come from her bank account. It doesn't come from her curves or her outward qualities, but rather it emanates from the inside out. That's a beautiful woman right there. So, so uh, verse 30 says that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And see, Hollywood is lying to us because ladies, they're telling you that, that to be excellent in this life, that, that you need to look a certain way. Your body shape needs to be a certain way. That, that, that you need to have this certain outward appearance. Wear this certain brand of clothes. Drive this certain type of car. Have this certain type of life. But the Bible says that that type of charm is deceitful. That what makes a, a, a real excellent woman beautiful is not what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. Her love for God. Her love for people. And that emanates outwardly. From the inside out. Amen? According to an article published by Women's Health Magazine, 2,000 adults and 200 teenagers were completed surveys and 78% of the women who participated reporting spending about an hour each day on their looks because it, quote, made them feel better about themselves. And that comes out, by the way, to about 14 full days each year spent on outward beauty. Now, to be sure... I'm not against caring uh, for physical beauty. I, I, matter of fact, I appreciate my wife so much who, who takes such great care of herself and, and, and always, uh, in my mind, looks like a million bucks. And, and, and I just really appreciate that. But, but here's the point. Outer beauty without inner beauty is worthless and it's deceitful. Inner beauty that comes from godliness is far more valuable than outer beauty. Amen? So I've met some very outwardly beautiful people that once, once I've gotten to know them, I'm like, man, she's ugly. 
Have you been there? I'll never forget this, this, this young lady. I won't mention her name. In, in, in school, I remember going to middle school with her. And I mean, I just thought she was the most beautiful. I, I kind of knew her from a distance. And I thought, oh, man, this is just the prettiest girl. And one day when I get a little bit older, to date her would be awesome. And she was popular. And, you know, she, she just always looked perfect. Her hair was perfect. Her makeup, perfect. Her clothes, perfect. I mean, she just was perfect. And in high school, I happened to have a few classes with her. And she was snotty and mean. And by the time I graduated, I thought she was the ugliest girl in the school. Really. <laughs> So, so outer beauty, see, is deceitful. It, it can hide a lot, of, uh, a lot of inward ugliness, if you will. Remember the Pharisees, the, Jesus calls them whitewashed tombs. In other words, they looked really good on the outside. They were religious. They looked real spiritual. They had it all together. They looked clean and, 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 and just, they looked like awesome people on the outside. But on the inside, they're like dead bones. They're full of dead bones. They don't know God. It's, their, their outward appearance is deceitful. And that's the way that many men and women are today. They look really, really good. We judge so much on outer appearance. Remember David? Remember David when, 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 when the, the prophet comes and he's anointing the next king of Israel? And, and, and De- Jesse brings out his sons as, as, as the prophet Samuel comes and says, I'm going to anoint the next king of Israel. Jesse, it's one of your sons. And they don't even think about David. They leave him out in the field with the sheep. And they say, Jesse, this must be the son. I mean, he's, a, he's the best looking one or the strongest one. And, and remember, they, they begin, he began to look over son after son, say, it's not him, it's not him, it's not him. And, and, and Samuel says something. He says, God doesn't look at what you look at. He doesn't look at the outside, but He looks at the heart. And so ladies, I want to tell you today, you may not look like what, what, the, what Hollywood is telling you need to look like to be successful, to be valued. But I want you to know, if you're a godly woman, you have so much value. You, you are making a difference in this life. And, and, and you are far more valuable than some of those folks on TV that are filthy on the inside. Amen. Ungodly, unwise. Give me a godly woman any day over what the world calls beauty. Amen? Amen. Number three. The third quality of a woman who fears the Lord is mindfulness. A godly woman doesn't just sit around all day and leave life to happenstance. But instead she is a worker. She's diligent. She's not naive. She's a planner. And she's aware of what's going on around her. Many women are gifted in, in seeing the details. Can I get an amen from some men in here? When my wife go, goes out of town and I'm here by myself, I'm telling you, I, I about go crazy. I, there's so many things that, that are left undone when she comes back because she just kind of keeps me in order. I, when, when she's here with me, I don't have to worry about hardly anything because she's a great administrator. Verse 13 says she seeks wool and flax and she works with willing hands. Think about that. She works. A godly woman is not afraid of work. Now this doesn't mean that, that a woman has to work outside of the home, but she is certainly entitled to do that. She is, though, always a helpmeet. Her main ministry, her main concern, if she is married, is, is her, her spouse or if she has children and her children. Now if you are a stay-at-home mom, any stay-at-home moms in here? No? None? Wow. So if you, if you were a stay-at-home mom, and my mom was that, um, I just want to say God bless you. Don't ever say that you don't work. 
I, when I was early on in ministry, I got paid very, very little. And so, but, but it was practically a full-time job. I made $100 a week, and obviously you can't survive on that. So my wife says, you know what, you do ministry, I'll go get a job. And she said, you stay home with the kids for a while. Now, my kids at this time would have been, I think, five and two, maybe. That lasted about four days. I thought, this is going to be like a vacation. I'm just going to get to hang out with my boys. Guys, I, I didn't know my left from my right. I didn't know up from down. I, was, I remember holding my, uh, Connor, my youngest son, and, 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 and Dylan's running through the house, throwing things, messing things up. And I mean, I was trying to iron and cook. And I remember my wife coming in from work, and I just throw the kids at her. <laughs> and just go outside and cry on the porch. <laughs> That is a tough job. And, and ladies, I'm so grateful for those of you that, that are raising children. And, and, and I just want to say, God bless you if you have been a stay-at-home mom. A godly woman is mindful, though, of her household and, and what needs to be done. Verse 15 says that she rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. Now, this verse tells me that a godly woman not only works, but she prepares. She, she's a planner. Any planners out there, ladies? Yeah. She, she doesn't just sit back and say, well, whatever comes my way. No, she's planning. Uh, she, she's, she's thinking ahead. I mean, I, I remember, you, you know, going to, to, to church or to the, the boys' school or whatever, and, and I forget something, and I just look over and my wife says, oh, yeah, I thought of that. I thought of that already. Or something happens that we're totally unexpected, and I mean, her purse... Like, I don't see how you can fit that much stuff in a purse this size. And, and she, whatever you need, band-aids, toenail clippers, I mean, uh, gumdrops, gum, you know, whatever you need, a hammer. I mean, she's got it in there. Yeah, diapers, clothes, extra shirt. I get something on my shirt. She's like, baby, I got you. I knew you could feel something on you. I brought an extra shirt. Yeah, really, this, this happens to me. I come to church and I'm going to be here all day. And, 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 I, and I, you know, it's hot outside and, and I think to myself, man, I don't want to wear a suit all day. And my wife goes, baby, I got you. In your office, there's a pair of shorts. My wife is, is so awesome. Like, I'm th- how does she think of these things? How does she think of this? I mean, we go on a trip and she knows I don't like to stop. And so, I mean, there's, we, we just went to this conference. Five of us guys. We went to a conference in Indiana. And I didn't ask my wife to do anything. And we're on the road and we get stuck. We've made it like 30 minutes. And there's a, there's a, a wreck in a traffic jam. And we sat there for what, maybe 30, 45 minutes. And, and a man gets bored when he's driving and he's just sitting still for 30, 45 minutes. And when you're bored, you tend to get hungry. And I said, well, I saw something in the back. And we open it up. And you could, it was a dead standstill. So we get out of the car. We, we open the, the hatch in the back. And there's a cooler. And there's drinks and there's Twizzlers. Come on, somebody. You've got to have Twizzlers when you're driving. My wife knows I'm trying to be healthy, so she gave a healthy option. She put protein bars. I chose the Twizzlers. I'm just I'm not going to lie. Protein bars in there. And I was just like, man, she's awesome. And so women, I, and I see that in you. We husbands, we, we could not survive without you. You're awesome. And that's a great trait. I mean, and guys, we ought to praise our wives. Number four, the fourth trait of a godly woman, she is altruistic. Altruism is the... And that simply means that you live for other people. To be altruistic is, is to prefer others above yourself. 
And I see this so much in this church. Verse 20, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. That's the women of this church. I'm so proud to pastor a group of men and women like this. That, that ladies, you know, those of you who serve at God's outreach every week, and those of you who just, I mean, when people come in and they're in need, I mean, you just, you, you can't get to them quick enough to feed them, to clothe them, to do whatever you can. I have people with the, you know, we, we minister to these halfway house guys all the time, and so many of you ladies have come up to me and go, you know, I don't have a lot of money, but but if I can do anything, if I can cook for them, if I can you know, provide them clothes that, that, that maybe my husband's not able to wear anymore, whatever. Just tell me, what can I do? What could I do? That's the heart of a godly, excellent woman. Oh, that means so much more than the type of clothes that you're wearing. Beautiful. Verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household, does not eat the bread of idleness. So, so women who fear the Lord, they're constantly putting other people before themselves. And I just want to brag on my wife that she, she does this to the extent that it's uncomfortable for me. It's hard for her to let me do something for her. It's all she thinks about is other people. She works from the time she gets up to the time she lays down uh, her head on the pillow at night. How can I help other people? How can I help my husband, my children, my parents, my family? My job, my church, that's her heart. And I see that through so many of our ladies here. I just say thank you. Thank you for being that kind of a woman. It's powerful. In this day and age, there are women who just want to dish off their kids. It's like, I'm like, why did you have kids in the first place? They still want to live the party lifestyle. I don't know how many grandparents are raising grandchildren, great-grandchildren, because... Mom, dad, want to just keep living like they're single and party and 20 years old again, you know? No, that's not, that's not an excellent woman. An excellent woman loves her children and she does what needs to be done and she sacrifices. You know, I remember growing up, um, I told you, I'm, I'm a homegrown kid and, and, and I'm so grateful for that. And, and, and what I mean is that my mom stayed home with me um, during the foundational years of my, my childhood. And uh, I, I'm so grateful for that. But, but it costs us something. I mean, it's hard to live, especially today, on a single income, isn't it? And, and I just remember, you know, like McDonald's was a treat for us. No joke. And my mom is very smart. She could have done anything. She worked after we graduated. But I'm just grateful. She sacrificed. And, and my mom is, is, some of you have seen her, I mean, just a classy lady and, and really cares, does care about what she looks like from the inside out. But she does care about her, her clothes and her hair and all this. And I just remember growing up and, you know, a little bit of money we had, she would go without so that and she'd take us, my, my brother and I, to, to the mall. And she'd buy us clothes and, and you know, get us shoes and, and um, things that we could have done without. I mean, nicer than what we needed is what I mean. And she would go without so that we would have. And, and that's just, I see that in, in so many of you mothers, that you're just sacrificing for your children and, and for your, your husband, your household. And uh, I just say thank you for that. It's just a, a tremendous quality. My mom has always uh, demonstrated that as, as well. So women who fear the Lord are altruistic. They care about other people. Number five is uh, notability. Notability. What I mean by that is, is a godly woman stands out from the crowd. And again, it's not because she's wearing you know, a short skirt or, or, or because her curves are just right or because her hair is just so beautiful or because she's got this 
you know, beautiful jewelry on. No. It's because of her godliness. And women, it's not hard to stand out from this crowd of women today. I mean, it's, it's a different world, isn't it? Women don't act like ladies. And it's celebrated. Immodesty celebrated. Vulgarity is celebrated. And so I'm grateful for the women of our church who really walk in godliness. And you stand out from the crowd. Not in a sense of being like, I'm better than you. That's not it at all. But your, your insides, your, your, your heart just stands out. People trust you. They, you're not manipulating people trying to get your way. People trust you. You serve others. You're not all about yourself. People trust you. They love you. And you stand out. Your godliness stands out amongst other women. So, verse 28 says, Her children rise up and they call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. And I I just want to read this verse again. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. So a woman who fears the Lord is somebody who stands out from the other women of the world. Now, men, we're not to worship women. But we're to honor them. That's what when we're, it says to praise women. It's not that we're idolizing them before the Lord. It's, it's that we praise them. We honor them. And, and I don't think we do this enough. I mean, I, I know this, that often I take my, my wife for granted. I, I, I just am accustomed to her godliness and her goodness to me. And the mother she is and the wife she is. And it's sad that it's only on Mother's Day that sometimes we tell our wives or mothers how much we appreciate them. And if you're not married, or maybe your mother's even, uh, maybe you don't have a relationship with her right now, or maybe, maybe she's, she's not here, I would just, I would just say to, to find another woman in this church and just, just honor the grandmamas and the mamas that are godly. Because our world needs you, ladies. Oh, our world needs you. I hate it that my kids are, are, are going to schools and you know Connor's going to be going to Central next year. I've, I've already dropped him off for some special events on campus and to see the way that women are. I've, I've found things that, that young girls have, have, have texted and I mean, just absurd. Gross. And, and to, to walk out, I mean, you go to Walmart or wherever and just to see the way that women behave today in men. It's a different world, isn't it? It's a different world. And so I celebrate you godly women. And and let me say this, lest you leave discouraged. Saying, well, man, I don't need all these qualities. We live in a fallen world. None of you ladies meet this perfectly. Because none of us are perfect. But I I want you to know, I don't don't speak these things out of condemnation, but out of celebration. Because I see these traits in so many of our ladies sitting here today. We celebrate you. And, and it just gives you an aim. To, that it's a good reminder. Because I know how much the, the world says, care about your body. And we, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. I believe in, in being healthy. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about going overboard to where it's vanity. And it's all about the way I, I look in a t-shirt. Or you know, the, the, for, for you ladies, you know, the, the way I look in a dress. Or, or, or those kinds of things. Life is not about that. 
Life is not about that. Your excellency comes not from your outer traits, but from your inner beauty. And that's only changed by Jesus Christ. It's not something that you have to conjure up. If you are here, man or woman, and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, I invite you to believe upon the Lord today. Jesus gave His life for you to do for you what you could never do for yourself. He paid the penalty for your sin. Because without Christ, all of us are, are wicked and ugly, if you will, on the inside. I can't be an excellent man. You can't be an excellent woman without Christ. But Jesus changes everything. Everything. So I invite you, man or woman, boy or girl in here today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not living. When we're lost in sin, before we know Christ, the Bible says that we're, we're, we're dead in our trespasses and sin. And you can be the most beautiful, and we see this often, we see beautiful women with bubbly personalities, and fancy clothes and fancy dues, fancy earrings, jewelry, and they're miserable. They're miserable on the inside because they don't have Jesus. He makes the difference. He makes the difference. And so I'd invite you to believe upon Him today, to trust Him, to invite Him to be Lord of your life today if you've not made that decision. And I want, last time I want to say thank you, ladies of Real Life Community Church.